Hi, I'm Kieran. And I'm Riku. And, and welcome, welcome to Artificially Ever After. Yeah, we hit our quarter-life crisis, didn't we, Riku, and decided to start a podcast? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very trendy. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty crazy time in AI, isn't it? Yeah, in the last, like, four years since Kieran and I met, where we met on the same course, basically doing, like, a, a degree using AI to solve real-world problems, a bit of mathematical modeling as well. Um, AI's just gone crazy, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, should we start then just with a bit of a background on ourselves and, and how we've come to doing AI? So you, you obviously mentioned our degree, which is where we met. So we, we both met in uh, at Bristol Uni in the UK, and um, we were both doing the same applied maths degree, which kind of ended up involving a lot of computer programming. And then out of the four years, the sort of final two began to involve AI, and we were kind of solving a lot of these problems using artificial intelligence, which kind of struck our interest in it and we'd worked on a project together that was funny enough doing uh it was a chatbot wasn't it or oh, a yeah. large language model sorry yeah we were uh, we made a, a chatbot to diagnose people's uh symptoms so yeah a little ai doctor little did we know i think back then i was just assuming that like language models would be super limited because they were only kind of dealing in language i was more interested back then in like computer vision stuff and, yeah. and image classification and little did i know ChatGPT would come along and just change the whole world. Wow, yeah. But yeah, so it definitely, you know, sparked our interests. We then have both gone on to start doing PhDs. So we're now both doing research in, in AI. So do you want to give a little uh, description of, of what you're doing in your research? Yeah, so been a PhD student for just over a year now, got a couple of years left and been doing a lot of different things. So I've done some work with language models, did like an interview study with, uh, we're going to talk about GPT in later episodes, this, uh, the, the, the new technology on the block that's kind of changing, mm. revolutionized the world, I'd say. Um, but yeah, now I'm doing a lot of theoretical stuff, um, quite abstract, doing, uh, doing a lot of things on time series. So how do things change with time and using AI to predict the future in that sense? Yeah, so Rick is going to be the theory, theory guy moving forward in these episodes to come, right? Yeah, that's the kind of character I'm going to be. I'm going to be the the emotionless theory man. <laughs> but yeah, Kieran, what about you? Yeah, so I'm, again, also doing um, a PhD in, in AI stuff. Uh, my research is a little bit more applied and kind of followed on from where my interests started to develop in my degree, which was in the kind of integration of maths and, and biology. Um, so I did do a kind of maths degree, like I said, but then um, I think my brother being a doctor as well, I've always had this interest in biology. And my research now is uh, this kind of area of bio AI, whether that's actually a real term or not, but it's basically using artificial intelligence to predict like genetic modifications and how we can engineer and change organisms to behave in cool and interesting ways. Um, I think one good example I like to use is um, the impossible burger. So the, uh, the meatless burger which you may have heard of um, or may have eaten as well. I've actually never had one, but that was bioengineered. So that was kind of designed with genetic modifications. And my work's trying to use AI to predict and design these things. Well, I've had one. They're pretty tasty. Um, mm. Yeah. So just around the time where we start our PhDs, um, just things started getting crazy with AI. And convenient timing. <laughs> yeah, because Kira and I just started living together and we started having these a lot of chats uh, late at night, getting uh, 
thinking about all the ways AI is starting to impact society. And that that's kind of what um, started off the idea of a podcast together. Yeah, we were stressing, weren't we? <laughs> I think, yeah, I still uh, remember that first I chat. think uh, it's probably safe to say the same for you, Riku, but I think we both felt a bit of a kind of responsibility. You know, we were very much in a, in a bubble with in the research groups we're in and the people we interact with. Um, but, you know, we started to realize that there is a lot of advancements going on that we are very much plugged into because of our work. But there is so much going on at such a quick pace that you kind of average person from just reading the news would struggle to keep up with that. And, and I think the motivation for this podcast was very much to kind of lift that veil around AI. You know, you see all these news articles that sound very scary and paint this very intense big picture. And we wanted to demystify and basically um, explain what's going on under the hoods. You know, AI is obviously this big term that's thrown around, but you know, humans made AI, so there is definitely the capability to understand what's going on there with a little bit of explanation. Uh, and we felt this kind of ownership to, to try and start discussing that with on a public platform, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. That kind of, we, we want to bridge the gap between the, the bubble of those within academia and outside academia. Mm. And um, within each episode, we hope to demystify a certain topic and and certainly relate it to AI, some AI news that's you know, relevant to that topic. But we hope that after every episode, you will learn something about how AI actually works and and understand AI and become AI literate, as uh, we like to call it. Yeah, and obviously, you know, we're completely aware and, and have seen the news articles and understand how there is a big kind of uncertainty around AI and how quickly it's progressing and its capabilities. So, you know, we will have episodes to come where we discuss some of those negative outcomes or where things could go wrong. Um, however, you know, I think from the fact that we're both in AI research, Riku and I both both completely believe that AI is this incredible tool that can, if used correctly and understood, can revolutionize society, can cure disease, can benefit humans. You know, it's an incredible innovation. Um, and we basically want to explain the ways and things, the ways in which things could go wrong, but hopefully paint this picture of the more realistic scenario and help people understand how AI can revolutionize things and the ways in which it's already changing society and explain them a little bit. Exactly, because as bleak as it sounds, um, it's fairly safe to say that AI is here to stay and it's very mm. inevitable at this point. So we, we need to think about how we're going to be part of the story of its integration into our society. Like it's, it's still early days and there, there's so much potential to guide it in the right direction. And, and a big part of that is being aware of it, as Kieran just mentioned. And yeah. And that's kind of the goal of this podcast really is to, to increase AI literacy. And I think, you know, big motivation for the name, Artificially Ever After, you know, I think that came from the fact that there can be a happy ending, you know, a little spin on Happily Ever After there. Um, but artificially, I think we very strongly believe in this kind of synergy with AI, where there's this world where we can work alongside it, you know, it doesn't replace humans. They are a tool that can benefit and enhance us. But like Ricky said, with kind of AI literacy, I think in order to get to that point in society and to achieve that, it is crucial that we kind of understand these tools and, and understand how to bring them into our society and not get kind of controlled or influenced by them. Yeah, and but saying that, we're, we're certainly going to cover the risks and all, all, all the different bits of AI that we certainly need to be aware of. Yeah, exactly. So I think just to give you a sort of understanding and a tease some episodes to come, like the flavour of what we're going to be covering, I think in the first couple of episodes, one thing which we want to talk about which was a big motivator for this podcast was the you know chat gpt and the storm that it kicked off so for you for those of you that don't know chat gpt this tool that's gaining a lot of popularity um a lot of people are using now this online chat bot which can kind of 
answer any of your questions. It's this very capable mm. AI that can do lots of different things that's kind of impressing people uh, and, and maybe even impressing the people that designed it, you know, doing all of these weird and wonderful things. Yep, at least one episode on that. Um, maybe some stuff on how computers see the world. Yeah. Um, we were thinking about kind of self-driving cars, weren't we, and, and going into the visual domain. So hopefully covering all these different corners and tasks that AI can achieve and, and explain how each one of them is, is working slightly differently. Exactly. Yeah, so hopefully that sounds interesting to all of you. Um, and we're going to try and get an episode out probably once a month or so, because obviously doing this alongside PhDs is... Uh, yeah, we want to be realistic, don't we? But, it's a lot um, of AI. <laughs> we're very passionate about this. We obviously love talking about this stuff. Um, but, you know, the researching, editing, we want to do it very well. We want to be factually accurate. Um, so, yeah, I think realistically, try and churn these out sort of once a month, discuss a new, very different topic that, you know, we're going to have to research ourselves and make sure we're correct and up to date. And we also want to get people on that, that know more than us. You know, we obviously don't know everything. We definitely want to have people and guests on the podcasts, people that, you know, maybe are using AI in their kind of workplace or it's changed their behavior and lifestyle. And we want to hear why, you know, we want to kind of discuss the way in which those particular AIs are working. So we basically want to please the people, don't we? So we, we you know, we hopefully hear back from some of you. We have our email address now, don't we? So contact at artificiallyeverafter.com where, you know, hopefully if you'd like to email us some suggestions for episodes, we just want to discuss the things that people want to know, right? Exactly. Yeah, we want to reach as many people as possible. And, and part of that is, you know, we'd be so grateful for any listener engagement. We can, you know, do an episode just for you. So please do. Yeah. You know, don't hesitate to get in touch. Cool. So shall we just give a little flavor, I think, to, to kick things off uh, in our kind of in the spirit of demystifying things? Um, I think just a couple of terms that we're going to be using a lot moving forward. You know, we've already said artificial intelligence. It's in the name. Yeah. Um, so a couple of these, I think we had three big words didn't we three big terms that we wanted to demystify and just clarify in this very first episode because we're going to be talking about them a lot but just right off the bat can we explain artificial intelligence is the first one i guess yeah i mean it's, it's a great question and a very exciting one because you know i don't think anyone knows what it is and 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 just to take it one step back, you know, what is intelligence in general? Yeah, I mean, well, if you're going to define the artificial version of it, you need to know what you need to know what intelligence is in the first place. So, obviously, we're kind of grounded and contextualized with our human intelligence. Uh, so that is a big kind of caveat, isn't it, to start with that this is talking about at least human intelligence. But you know, I'd read a book recently that was trying to shoot at a very general definition that can encapsulate animals, different kind of organisms. Um, but what I'd read was this kind of ability to perform and achieve like complex tasks right yeah i think a lot of different people have different uh, opinions on this and 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 yeah i think you settled for that one um something i settled for was uh goal-driven decision making mm. um but i think the point is it's, it's not entirely clear what intelligence is um and certainly when it comes to ai it's the artificial form of that so i think um you could just call it computational methods to solve you know complex tasks or computational methods for goal-based decision making yeah but i mean you know like you said our kind of understanding and definitions of intelligence are changing so much that it is hard to kind of pin it down but that's why i was trying to stay general with this but i mean i'm reading a book at the moment that's talking all about like octopuses and it's discussing their intelligence and that just kind of makes you appreciate that 
there is this whole spectrum out there of, of things kind of being able to behave and interpret the world very differently and, and act in intelligent ways that seem very different to, to human intelligence. So, you know, then trying to understand that in the context of a machine, so this artificial in- intelligence, is very tricky. But, you know, so far what we see is this kind of way of teaching AIs that is getting them to sort of mimic human intelligence and learn human intelligence, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's a really good point because, um, and we'll cover this in future episodes about kind of the history of AI, but it's it would be a bit of a mistake to to think intelligence is purely of the format humans display it. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. sure in that book you've heard more about that. Um, so hopefully that, you know, we're going to stick with the idea, you know, computational methods to solve complex tasks. I think mm. we're going to stick with that definition. Yeah. And the next kind of buzzword that's been thrown around is machine learning, which is one way to get to AI. Yeah, so like I was saying, obviously, about like, you know, we've been teaching them to mimic human intelligence. There is obviously this kind of quote-unquote learning that goes on, which like you just mentioned, this net kind of buzzword that you hear a lot that is thrown around, you know, maybe sometimes interchangeably with AI, which is machine learning, right? So yeah, Ricky, what is machine learning? Oh, getting another definition out there. Yeah, so again, um, machine learning has become so big now, um, the ways to define it has definitely become more, you know, you have to be more and more general now. And something that's central to machine learning is this idea of data and experience. And, you know, similar to how, how humans learn, again, is, is you'd expect to get better at something the more you do it. Mm. That's, that is a core principle of machine learning is that you have a data set, you have data-driven learning where the more you interact with your data and the experience you have with it, the better you get a task. Yeah, so, you know, that kind of idea that you've got this, you know, historically you have a human in the loop whereby, you know, there is a human with alongside that data that's kind of labeling it and, and saying what is in the data. So an easy example to explain, which is kind of one subset here is like uh, classifying an image as having a dog or a cat in it, for example. And the idea with machine learning is that one of the ways in which you can teach a computer to be intelligent about that task is to give it lots and lots of examples of a dog or a cat in an image with a human that's labelled both of those instances. And then over time, you know, the more data it sees, the better a model will get at kind of spotting those differences. So this is one of many different ways that we can teach computers to learn. But it's this idea, the central idea here that you've kind of got data and the more data that you have, uh, the better the machine will get at that specific task. So an example of one of the first applications of machine learning was this idea of being able to classify different types of objects. So one example is a leaf classifier. So there was this, someone went out into the wild and took a load of different leaves and they know what each leaf is and they measured the length of the leaf and the width of the leaf and they had to plug away at a computer, type in all these numbers and also what type of leaf it was. Mm. And to label all of these images, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And and the whole point of this is that, you know, um, with this data set and you can, of all these different leaves, you can use machine learning where the experience the machine sees is these numbers of how long and wide the leaf is. And then it also learns what type of leaf it is. And if you show it enough, give it enough examples, give it enough experience, it will learn this relationship. Yeah, and I think the important point to note there, which will help us transition into our next definition, which is deep learning, is that a human has decided, you know, out of looking at that leaf, what are the kind of key aspects? From looking at all those leaves, what are the kind of distinguishing features? They have kind of decided, 
you know, if it's the length or the width that allow us as humans to kind of differentiate between them. And those are the kind of numbers that they've given to a computer to learn. Whereas deep learning is is very different, right? Yeah, so that comes to our third buzzword, deep learning, which which was designed to overcome this limitation, a bit more how humans learn, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, again, this deep learning is still a method with which we can facilitate computers to gain the ability to perform these complex tasks to hopefully get towards being intelligent. And deep learning is a way to do that kind of much more generally, right? And allow the computer its own flexibility, like you said, as humans learn. Exactly. So in this case, for instance, we have these different leaves. You don't, with deep learning, you don't need to get your ruler out and measure each leaf. All you have to do is take a photo of the leaf. And the computer will then learn whether the length and the width matters. And the, the big difference to think about machine learning and deep learning is that deep learning is just still a type of machine learning. It's still just a, a method for a computer to get better at tasks with experience. Mm. But the key distinction is about this freedom that the deep learning machine has. It has the ability to uh, not only learn with experience, but also has the ability to learn what's important to best learn from experience. And the way this came about, right, was because uh, humans that were kind of trying to develop AI thought that a very good approach to doing that was to try and replicate the kind of structure of the human brain, didn't they? So we started to develop these kind of neural networks, which is a term you may have come across, where we try to create similar structures that we have in the human brain that allow us to learn uh, and sort of generalize that and then create the structure, but then just let the AI kind of utilize that structure based on all of the data that it sees yeah exactly and these neural networks kind of they they were theorized you know in probably the 1980s or some, yeah. sometime around there but they never really um kicked up a storm until maybe 2010 onwards um and he's publicly and that's largely because of computers just getting much faster and with gpus and things certainly something that's come ais and machine learning and deep learning in general now is that it's this idea about data and you know, there's a lot of like people are only just starting to realize how important data is and especially these deep learning things they're they're a subset of machine learning methods and they do require although they are they're capable of performing much better than just normal machine learning methods that require the ruler and this person to to measure things deep learning can do much better but it requires a lot more data and people yeah. are starting to get worried about their data because it's like this idea that ai is just consuming more and more data and becoming ever more powerful and i remember kira and i spoke before about you know i think a lot of people perceive ai as this dementor from harry potter where it kind of roams the internet and, and sucks up all the data yeah yeah sucks um and maybe we need someone's patronus but um <laughs> but i think that's just one way of thinking about it. And, and maybe we can think of it more like a little plant that is absorbing all the sunlight of experience to become intelligent and yeah and hopefully growing slowly and, and you know it's uh, aid humanity make the world prettier yeah yeah there you go <laughs> perfect but it's interesting you made the point about the kind of 2010s and that time timing with computers kind of taking off and and the internet being a lot more widely adopted that with that you know we had this huge boom in the amount of data and information that is en encapsulated in the internet um, and the internet you know for we'll discuss this if we do a chat gpt episode but that's a lot of the information that went in to make this very big, very capable model. But I think that's just a testament to the scale of the internet these days with kind of individual social media accounts, like your own images that are out there, 
all of the kind of YouTube videos, movies, like everything that is online is kind of arguably the entire human history and, and a very strong snapshot of what's going on currently in society. Like there is a huge amount of information on there that can be leveraged. And it was only when we start to kind of tap into that scale of the data that we had this boom in in deep learning methods working really, really well when they have the kind of scale to tap into. Uh, and we now have started to see this trend where predominantly artificial intelligence is being kind of driven by deep learning models, right? Yeah, exactly. All, all of the best performing models now are these deep learning models, which yeah. Yeah, require a lot of data and you know take a lot of time to train. And, and traditional machine learning is very much sort of taking the back seat now, right? Yeah, exactly. But with future episodes, we're going to kind of demystify the risks associated with, with these choices. Yeah, so hopefully that kind of covered some foundations you know we'll be talking a lot about these we'll be using these terms a lot in episodes to come so we wanted to just like clear those up in first episode uh, but a bit of a flavor of, of how we're going to demystify things but you know I think episodes to come will be a lot more focused on specific topics so ChatGPT or maybe self-driving cars so yeah please stay tuned we'd uh, love it if you kind of followed along and gave us suggestions for what you'd want to hear about if you're using Spotify you can d- interact directly through Spotify so yeah, we'd the love to Q&A hear Q&A section yeah so yeah thank you so much for listening tuning in and uh, catch, catch you next, you next time, time.